Hello. Hi. Do you want to go to a party with me? No. The game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Bros Being Dudes Talking Sports. We have just a jam-packed episode for you guys today. This might be one of the best sports days of the year, right? So we have one of the best Monday night football games in a while last night. Stanley Supposed Cup, to have been. Uh, it still was a good game. A lot closer than the scoreboard indicated. So I don't know. We'll, well, we'll get into it. You'll get our breakdown on that. We got the Stanley Cup awarded last night. Congratulations to the Lightning. We'll get into a little bit of a breakdown on that. Uh, we have MLB playoffs starting tonight. And we have the NBA Finals starting tomorrow night. But let's start there. Don, I have to give you all the credit in the world, son. I don't think that you have missed a pick. This whole bubble. I have This I have. man has been on the heater of a century. Emphasis on the heat. Because this man called the heat before the first round. He said they're not only going to win this round. They're going to beat the Bucks, And then he even said they were going to beat the Celtics. Like before any of these matchups were even set, he said who they were going to beat. Like this man is just on a heat, or like it, Don. It, so you you spew I, your spiel about the NBA. You know I what can, you're talking about. I can tell you this much: I'm done betting NFL. I am on the NBA train. If that's it, where my money's going from now on, that's. But here's the thing: the problem is, as soon as I bet it, I know it's gonna just like everything's gonna unwind. Like, I bet it one good time. Hey, I'm wrong for the rest of eternity. Like that's just how it goes. That's how she goes, man. <clears throat> but no, um, honestly, man, I believed in this Heat team the whole time. Literally had faith in them. Um, what I really liked from this team was when it got crunch time in the fourth quarter, they played great defense. They converted off of those turnovers. And the big thing that stood out to me throughout the whole bubble playoffs was it night in and night out, there's a different player stepped up to the plate to be – you know, to bring home the bread for this team, to really put the points on the board for them, whether that be Hero, Bam Adebayo, uh, Butler, Duncan Robinson, even Jay Crowder had his moments. Um, so that's really why I like this team. You know, that and their depth and the motor of this team is what yeah. I really liked. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just why I liked them. Um, I'd be reminiscent to say, you know, if – it wasn't a little bit of luck involved in that, of course. But uh hey. It's sometimes it's better to be lucky and good, baby. And I was and I was both on the end of this spectrum. So I'm you know, pretty pumped about that. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And then on like on the flip side of things, you know, you look at the Celtic squad, really a pretty new starting five for them this year. You look at the the losses of Kyrie and Al Horford in the offseason. They are super young, but I think the youngest roster in the league outside of maybe Sacramento, like by a long shot. Uh and they made the Eastern Conference finals and blew Three double-digit leads in this series. Like, if if we're being honest with each other, the Celtics lost this series just as much as the Heat oh, yeah. won this series. 100%. Right? And so, I, I think those things go hand-in-hand, hand, though. Like, I think the Celtics – I think the Heat had to win it for the Celtics to really, like, throw it. You know what I mean? 
Um, I mean, that's fair. That's a fair point. Like I said, I think just I think the Heat just put the clamps on them in the late end of the fourth quarter in two separate games that really won the ball game, yeah. and the Celtics couldn't hold on to the lead. So I think they just coincided with one another. I think I think it's going to be interesting too to see like the overreaction from like Celtics fans from from everything that I've seen on Twitter. Like they're they're remaining pretty calm about Brad Stevens, but there are starting to be like rumbles that like. <laughs> this team should have been in the finals the past couple years, and they keep like blowing it, you know. So I think he's got a little bit of a leash still. Obviously, still a top five at worst yeah, NBA yeah. coach, um, with a really young roster. So I think he's got a couple years to play with still. But now the expectation is you're gonna hang the what 18th, 19th banner um, in TD garden or you're gone. Cause like, that's what this team should be doing is winning championships. You know, you got Tatum who's like bona fide superstar. Now Brown, who isn't far behind, not even to mention maybe your best scorer in Kemba Walker, who is maybe the face of the franchise. Like this Celtics team is going to be very good for a very long time. Um, if they can kind of mature into these separate roles. And now how they handle these expectations, I think is going to be interesting to see going forward. On the flip side, on on the West, speaking of handling expectations, coming into this season, I mean, it's always championship or bust for LeBron. Uh, this season, maybe more so than any other, because he had, in my opinion, his best supporting player he's ever had right i think ad right now going in his prime is better than when he teamed with d wade so the expectations were always if lebron doesn't get his what third ring fourth ring third right this would be his fourth fourth ring if he doesn't get his fourth ring then the season was a failure um and now he's done what he's had to to this point he's in position now uh to win his fourth ring in saying that I think he has the worst possible matchup to do so because he has the one head coach that has had some success in defending him. You know, obviously Spolster being his head coach in Miami for a while, you get to learn players' tendencies and how to attack them um, because you're trying to game plan to like protect those weaknesses on the other side of it. So now you look at when he was in Cleveland and he was playing the Heat consistently. The Heat have had some success with the, they call it the LeBron wall, right? It essentially is. He's being shadowed by, uh, it's a, like a makeshift, like matchup zone where he's getting played in a zone and everyone else's matchup man with that back help. Uh, so I think that that, that kind of screwed him. I think the Heat have what it takes to really make this a series, if not win it. Like I do, honestly, like I, I am a LeBron hater. That's a fact, but like, objectively looking at this series, this was a terrible matchup for the well, Lakers. And, and make no mistake about it, I'm a full-blown, like, I'm known to be the the bronze sexual, right? But here's, here's the thing, though. You know, I'm, I'm also a realist. I, it, I believe so, at least. Make no mistake about this. The Heat are going to make this a series. Like, this isn't going to be a, hey, let's sweep them up under the rug, get yeah. the ring, and get out of town ordeal. I'm tired of the bubble. Let's go home. No, this is going to be a dogfight, I, I really do think. And like you said earlier, LeBron is playing with the best player he's ever probably had as a teammate this year. But he is not playing with the best team that he's ever played on. And I truly believe that. I think that this Lakers team That's true. is very, very shallow as far as depth goes. Um, outside of LeBron and AD, any given night, 
the the supporting cast on this Lakers team can can wet the bed, and yeah. they either show up hard or they're on a milk carton. Yeah, and like they're just missing. And that's a scary thought, honestly, going to the yeah. NBA Finals when you're playing one of the deepest teams in the league that has shooters everywhere. And then, like like I mentioned earlier, they put the clamps down in the fourth quarter on defense. Like, they're going to make you pay. You turn the ball over. So what supporting players, and I'm going to even clump LeBron and AD in here because AD in the last series was not on the boards like he should have been. Yeah, he was putting up the points, but defensively, he don't like to guard the five. I'm yeah. I'm honestly intrigued to see this Bam out of bio and AD matchup come yeah. this series. For I sure. think it's going to be interesting. Because the one thing is, like, against Joker, like, AD's going to get his just strictly on the fact that he's more athletic than Joker is, mm-hmm. right? That's undeniable. So, like, he can stretch the four a little bit more against Joker and then drive him to the basket and get easy buckets. Mm-hmm. Against Bam, the athletic gap is – very slim, if at all, honestly. Like, Bam has proven that he's one of the best bigs in the league in the bubble. So that matchup might be closer than people think. I think LeBron's far and away the best player in this series. Yeah. And AD very well might be too. But then after that, the Heat might go all the way to 10 before you see the next Laker. And that's just yeah, the fact would, of the matter. I, and it depends on if how Rajon Rondo plays, honestly. I think Rajon Rondo is going to be the X factor in this series. That's very fair. Um, but I'm going to go on limb already. You know, we kind of broke the rosters down here. I think it's going to be a good series, but I do not envision this series going to seven games. I really do think the Lakers are going to take it in six, but the Heat are going to have two games. They're going to make the Lakers sweat it. I could, I could see a, I could see a run where the Lakers take one, Heat rebound in two. Lakers take three, so they're up 2-1, right? I could honestly see a 2-2 even series to start this one and then the Lakers pull pull uh, two, two straight. Here's here's my thing about it, right? I, I also think that the series is going to – if it does go seven games, I think it's a lock that the Lakers win because I'm going to take LeBron in game seven over the Heat no matter what, right? That's just common sense. Yeah. I don't think that they have enough to, like, really stop LeBron at – at like full tilt, right? Um, If the Heat are going to win this series, it has to be in six or less. And I don't know if that's possible. Because exactly what I just said, if they do force it to seven, which I think they could force it to seven games, I just don't think they have what it takes to beat LeBron in a game seven. Uh, For that reason, I will take take the Lakers in seven, um, but I will preface it with this. It wouldn't shock me entirely for the Heat to win this in six. No, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to be shocked if the Heat win this series. I'm not going to. Um, no. I've, I've went off my gut feeling this whole playoffs, and it's not mistaken me yet. And my gut feeling here is just the Lakers in six. So I'm going to call it. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to change. I, I'm changing my pick. I, I have talked myself into this heat team. I, I am taking late. I am taking the heat I, in six. Maybe I. I'm taking the heat in six. Thing. You, you honestly, you kind of have, but I'm, I am. I'm gonna take the heat in six games. I think that they have the depth. They have the defensive mind in Spolstra. They have the scoring ability with uh, Jimmy and Hero and Bam. Um, 
they play team basketball and team basketball is what's going to carry you through the yeah. being down 16 well, to and, the Celtics, you know? And honestly, Ian, I want to touch on the point you made. If they take it to seven, the heat are just kind of done at that point. I actually kind of think the opposite though. I think LeBron and, and the Lakers really need to finish this series out quick because going back to that depth standpoint, I mean, they're human. They're still human. They get tired, man, especially yeah, a two-man load. I think a, I think the depth of the heat it might play in their favor if this series stretches out down the end of the stretch. Now, like you said, Game 7 LeBron is a different animal. Yeah. He'll be ready for that. But I think it is a possibility that the heat might be in a better situation if they go a longer series. I don't know. See, that's why I said heat and six, because I think that that, that like – that sixth game for uh, the Lakers, right, is not going to be enough to where they're like, this is full go, like, let's lay everything out there because they know that there's still going to be a game seven if they yep. win. That's that's my thought process there. Um, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to play out. So I take Heat and six. You take what, Lakers and six? Yeah. I can tell okay. you this much, though. The Heat better get up to a hot start the first two games. They need yeah. a hot start. I was going to say, so there's our series breakdown. What about just tomorrow night? So for those of you listening, it'll be um, – it, actually, it'll be tomorrow. This is recorded on uh, Tuesday morning. It'll be out Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so tomorrow night, game one, Lakers against the Heat. Don, who are you taking game one? So Lakers got an extra day of rest. I know a day is just a day, but still a day is of rest. Is it rest or, rest or rust? The old debate. Man, I'll be honest with you. I said, I said, you know, just a few minutes ago, I could see the Lakers taking one, Heat taking two. I might actually switch that around. I think the Heat may actually come out hot in one, knowing they yeah. have to win that game. Yeah. So I'm actually going to take the Heat in game one. Yeah, I, I'm going to follow you. I'm also going to take the Heat game one. Um, surprise performer. I'm going to take Robinson uh, to really light a fire on this team because I think that the Lakers are going to really struggle uh, defending the perimeter this series. I think there's going to be a lot of open shots, a, a lot of open shot opportunities for Hero uh, and Robinson. And I think they're going to put a lot more attention on Hero just based off the performance he had in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Robinson's going to explode this series. I really do. Right. I think he's taken, I think he's taken what, 400 shots this year and like 390 of them have been three pointers. Like yeah, it's, it's been, it's been the 80 some percent mark. So it's a yeah. high percent. Like literally this is all this man shoots. Like that's disgusting. Um, um, so I don't know. The defensive strategy from the Lakers is going to be something that I actually am very curious about. Oh, for sure. It'll definitely be interesting. Uh, so we'll obviously keep you guys up to date on that. Um, and now, I mean, let's let's touch into this a little bit. I, I mentioned it in the intro uh, for just a second. Last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning were awarded the Stanley Cup, uh, Lord Stanley's Cup, the pinnacle of trophies and team sports. I mean, w just an absolutely dominating performance from the Lightning last night, two to nothing. Um, Victor Hedman, Hedy won the Conn Smythe Trophy. Absolutely deserved. Um, I honestly, I, I, I'm so happy for this Lightning team. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but it, after seeing them get swept last year in the first round after winning the President's Trophy, best team of all time swept by the eight seed in the first round last year. I mean, that had to kill them. So for them to bounce back after that, um, and really they won this series with Stammy or Stammer, excuse me, 
getting two minutes of ice time. Their captain got hurt, um, played two minutes of ice, scored a goal in his two minutes, had a plus one for the series. So shout out to Stammer for that. But you could tell that this team really rallied around the fact that Stammer wasn't able to be out there with them. Um, Vajaleski, I mean, what what a performance by this man. I mean, he stood on his absolute head. You're playing against Jamie Benn, Pavlovsky, um, Tyler Sagan. Like, the stars have some have some stars. Um, and Vajaleski put this team in his backpack and said, boys, we're going to win the cup. Uh, and, and they did just that. Uh, another big night from Braden Point. Uh, he, he put up a point. He had a goal. Um, Hetty had an assist last night. Vajaleski looking at the stat line, 22 saves. I mean, that's a big, big shout out to the Lightning's def- to the Lightning defense there. I mean, you only give up 22 shots uh, in a game. I mean, that's just that's suffocating defense. Um, so, again, congratulations to the Lightning and the Lightning fans, all five of them. Um, so, uh, I'm I'm happy for them. Really happy for former Rangers captain Ryan McDonough. Uh, a couple other former Rangers on the team, like. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk as well. Happy for those guys. So, uh, and then kind of switching over to another less watched sport. Uh, well, the MLB playoffs start tonight. We're rocking the Yanks cap. Uh, the Yanks have the Indians tonight. Uh, I think that'll be a really good series. I'll take the Yanks in game one uh, and the Yanks in the series. Obviously, I think the offensive firepower is just too much for the Indians to handle. Indians rotation seems a little bit better right now outside of Cole. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one. The Astros and the Twins is going to be a phenomenal series as well. I really see the Twins uh, kind of putting it to them, though. They have a more complete roster. You see the the Astros struggling a little bit without the trash can bangs. So pretty interesting to see how that one folds out. Uh, every single player on their roster this year has lost points in their batting average. Like they're all batting under the means of last the last three years. Like that's insane to me. Uh, you're really seeing the effects that that's having on this roster. You hate to see it in all honesty. It just pains me to see the Astros struggle. Uh, and then probably the best first round matchup in all honesty, you have the White Sox and the, and the A's. Um, I'm going to take the A's to win the series. Uh, I, they're sneakily a, a nice little pick for the AL um, representation in the World Series. So I'll take the A's to win that one. I love the White Sox roster moving forward. I think they're just a little bit too young this year uh, to make some noise. Uh, and then an AL East matchup, uh, you got the Blue Jays and the Rays. The Rays and the Blue Jays both surprise teams uh, of the season, right? No one saw the Rays win in the AL East. A lot of it had to do with the Yankees having just the most games lost to injury of any team in the league by a wide margin. Um, but the Rays are playing damn good baseball, and they are a scary team. They're deep. Their their roster or their lineup one through nine doesn't really have an easy out. They play great defense. They can hit the long ball. They can play small ball. Uh, so that'll be interesting uh, to see going forward there. I'm going to take the race to win that series. Um, how far they go, I don't know. really depends on their rotation. My sneaky pick, now this is going to be tomorrow, but these games will happen as you guys are listening. So we have uh, the Reds and the Braves. I think this series is going to be over as soon as it begins. I picked the Reds to go to the World Series from the National League a couple weeks ago. I'm sticking with that. I think the Reds sweep the Braves. That rotation is just disgusting. Joey Votto said it best. The Reds are just a fucking nightmare to anybody in the NL. You don't want to have to face Castillo, Bauer, 
uh, and Sony Gray in a three-game series. Those are the three pitchers you have to face. If it goes three in a five-game series, those are the first three pitchers you're facing. Not good news for anyone in the NL. Uh, give me the Reds to win that series. You have the Marlins and the Cubs. Another The Marlins shocked everybody. Everyone, when Jeter took over ownership of that group and traded Stanton to the Yankees, people thought that this team was tanking forever. They didn't see them winning anytime soon. Now you see the Marlins sneak into the playoffs. Obviously an extended playoff bracket this year, so that makes a huge difference. But uh, nonetheless, huge kudos to Jeter for turning that team around so quickly. Uh, they play they played decent baseball this year. I mean, 31-29, 60-game season. Can't complain about that if you're a Marlins fan. That is that is absolutely playing above the means. Uh, so kudos to them. But give me the Cubs in this series. Uh, give me the Cubs in, in two games. That's going to be over quickly as well. Um, then moving on, we have the Cardinals and the Padres. I think the, the fun stops in San Diego. I think the Cardinals win this series. Uh, I just think I, I like their roster top to bottom more than I like the Padres roster. Um, the Padres are a lot of fun, but I think they're long ball dependent. So that's tough in the playoffs. If you, if you're only producing runs via homers, that tends to fade down as the air gets cooler. Balls tend to not travel as far. So I'll take the Cardinals who have the ability to score runs in multiple different ways. Uh, and then the last series in the NL, the Brewers sneaking into the playoffs at 29 and 31. I honestly thought that they would be the two seed coming into the season. Uh, I really like this Brewers roster. I think that they're going to push this series two, three games for sure. Um, it really just depends on what Clayton Kershaw you get. That should be a, a sure win, but playoff Kershaw obviously is a different animal, so you never know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the upset, actually. Screw it. Give me the Brewers to win this one in three games, um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the on the MLB playoff races as they go on, obviously. So the first round is going to be quick, uh, three-game series. Uh, the second round, I believe, goes to seven, uh, Well, but we'll see. Um, we'll keep you guys updated on that. So there's our, our bracket prediction for that. Don's a huge baseball fan. That's why you got a ton of, uh, input from him on that one. Um, but now we will get into something that Don is very passionate about. Here we go, baby. Let's get into just this beautiful week of slate that we got this week. I mean, from top to bottom, there really weren't many bad games, right? That Thursday night game. Even well, even that was pretty entertaining. So you can't complain too much. Like Fitzmagic showed you some things. That was kind of fun. You have the Dolphins winning that one against the Jags, 31 to 13. We're not going to get into this one much just because it was pretty one-sided. Have to give credit where credit is due. GTD, the only one on the pod to pick the Dolphins to win. And he actually said that they win it handedly. So, Don, any thoughts on that? I mean, good call, man. Yeah, I mean, it... it... I don't want to really give a analysis here because it happened the way I thought it would, but just I, I like Fitzmagic the way he's playing with this with this roster. Like I said, they had their defensive veterans that you know a lot came over from the Pats. Uh, they knew, you know, they know they know how to win games, and whenever you have that combined with your I want to say offensive star power, but is it really uh, in Devontae Parker? Yeah, I think Gaskin is is playing great for the Dolphins right now. Um, the Dolphins were just on a row, and the Dolphins had played the Pats and the Bills close in the two weeks prior to this. Now, granted, the Jags did upset the Colts week one and played the Titans close, uh, but I was more impressed with the Dolphins over the last yep. two weeks, so that's what led me to this pick. Yep, I mean, for 
like I said, for sure, a good pick by you. All credit where credit is due, and, and credit is due your way on that one, brother. So uh, but moving on, let's get in this 1 o'clock slate on Sunday. Best 1 o'clock slate I can remember for a long time, right? The witching hour this week was crazy. We had four or five games coming down to the wire, coming to a close all at the same time. It was oh. beautiful to watch. I mean, church service this Sunday was just absolutely <laughs> lovely. Uh, I loved every second of it. I'm sick of spending 50 bucks every time I go to service, though, so I'm going to have to switch up where I'm going. Cause yeah, it's a it's a tough look for the bank account for sure. I didn't tell you 50 that. bucks every Sunday is rough. Uh, but anyway, so the first game will break down. Uh, it would be a quick analysis on this one. Honestly, the game really wasn't even as close uh, as the scoreline shows. At halftime, it was very close. Pats were honestly in, in a tough one at halftime. But you have the Patriots uh, getting back in the win column, 36-20 at home against the Raiders. Honestly, the Raiders looked very good in the first half, and then you see the halftime adjustments coming in by McDaniels and Belichick, and they absolutely stifled the Raiders after that. I mean, Steve Belichick has done an amazing job with that defense, obviously under the direction of his father. Um, that defense is going to be scary. Uh, and obviously coming up this week, they have a big test against Mahomes. Uh, so we'll break that one down for you uh, on our next show. But uh, no, the Pats looked dominant. And the thing that I think is really scary about this Pats team, right, objectively speaking, okay, they've had a different offense every single week. Mm-hmm. And moving forward, if you have that kind of versatility on the offensive side of the ball – and you're getting that kind of production from your defense, you're going to be damn hard to beat going forward. Like, I am pumped about this Pats team. Uh, maybe the most excited I've been since 2016. I mean, that, uh, that the year Brady came back off his of suspension. Like, I am juiced about this team, man. Uh, they're just a lot of fun to watch. They, they play with fire, uh, something that was lacking last year. So, yep. uh, But without further ado, let's get into this game. We'll actually break this one down a little bit. You got the Bears absolutely coming back with with big dick nick uh 30 to 26 but i think this is less about the bears i mean don't get me wrong what the bears have done uh is very impressive they've had two big comebacks in the fourth quarter uh so far this season uh conversely the falcons have blown huge leads in back-to-back weeks like dan quinn has to be fired i've been saying it since week One, this man should not have a job. He is wasting a Super Bowl roster. Atlanta, what are you doing? Fire this man. I mean, man, we've seen it too many times with the Atlanta Falcons. They, you know, blowing fourth quarter, blowing double-digit fourth quarter leads, and it kind of just puts your head in the the space of, is it going to be routine from here on out? And it's kind of looking routine. And I got to give credit to the Bears here, though, man. They finally... They finally said enough for Mitchell Trubisky. Like I think, he, and I think his days are done in Chicago. I think once you pull him and replace him for Foles, you can't bring him back. And production-wise, just tells you, hey, he's just not where you thought he was going to be when you took him with the number one overall pick. And sometimes it happens, dude. It sucks, but it happens. Uh, Foles came in, played a great game, led him back uh, with pressure too. I mean, the yeah. the touchdown he threw to Anthony Miller with zero zero cover. It was man across the board, zero coverage over top, pressure in his face, threw it up yeah. in the right right back side of the end zone for Anthony Miller. Great touchdown. Yeah. Great performance by him. Good win by the Bears. And the the Bears have the Colts next week. It's going to be a good matchup there yeah. to see what happens. Like, I, I obviously, like, I'm upset because the Falcons are absolutely screwing my pick. I picked them to win the South. That's not looking great, right? 
conversely, they make me look like a genius because I picked the Bears to go 10-6 and six this year, and everyone called me a silly goose for that. Now Foles coming in, resurgence, and that offense looks totally different under him. Um, I think that Foles was the play all along. My thought process there is you can go from Mitch to Foles. Yep. Yep. You can't go from Foles to Mitch. Yep. Can't happen. Uh, Nagy's job would have been on the line if that that's what would have happened. The the franchise wasted a top five pick on Mitch. You have to start with him. You can bring in Foles. Um, whether Foles can continue that high-level play, we'll see. The big thing is the defense in the second half absolutely put it on the Falcons. That's the defense that I've been expecting from the Bears all year. Um, I think it's going to be a tough test for your Colts, but we'll break down that next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, again, Bears win that one 30-26. Falcons fire Dan Quinn. It's not that hard. <laughs> uh, then moving forward, another great game. We won't break this one down too much. It, it was kind of a surprise. Uh, you have the Rams really getting screwed on a last-second defensive pass interference call uh, that gave the Bills a late touchdown. The Bills steal one from the Rams, 35-32. to yeah. The one thing I'll say about this game, credit to Josh Allen. Uh, he, he showed that he can lead that fourth quarter <laughs> comeback. A really nice drive at the end of the game. He did get bailed out by that DPI, um, but yeah. he, just, he but, plays through the whistle, so it has nothing to do with him. You know. You, you know, this is kind of the two tails of halves uh, for this game, to be honest. You know, first half, the Bills came out and was absolutely rolling the Rams. They come out of the second half, and McVay has the Rams actually focused again. They come back, take the late fourth quarter lead. So, actually, kudos to the Rams here. I thought the Rams were just going to lay down and roll over for, for the Bills uh, in this game, the way the first half went. But they didn't, it, and the Rams showed their – what their offensive potential could be and what I thought it would be for the whole year in this second half. Um, Granted, like you said, the defensive pass interference kind of put a hurting on them uh, in in that late fourth quarter and allowed the Bills to come back. So kudos to Josh Allen and that offense too for actually taking advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, McDermott, um, all credit to him. Like he weathered the storm uh, with that McVeigh comeback had his guys under control for the last drive of the game, and they got the win. Like, an ugly win is still a win. It doesn't yep. matter. Yep. Um, so, again, 35-32, the Bills steal one from the Rams. Rams look good. Might be a quality loss for them. Uh, we'll see what happens with them going forward. Maybe it's an emotional loss and it tanks their record. Maybe it's a stepping stone where they take the leap where they're like, hey, we can weather a storm and come back. We're a good football team. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, a game that wasn't interesting to watch, you have the football team dropping one in Cleveland, make me look like a big dummy. Uh, <laughs> they lose 20-34 to 34 to the Browns. The Browns have beat two shitters, so they're not good. So let's not buy into the Browns hype. They're still nope. bad. They've just played bad teams. Um, moving on, two more bad teams. Like the Titans have a decent record. I think they're what? They're 3-0. Right? Yeah, they're yeah, on feet. they're 3-0. Uh, they steal, they literally steal one from the Vikings. The Vikings hopped up on them, I think 17 to nothing or 18 mm-hmm. to nothing. And they came back and won, uh, 31 to 30, uh, really not, no breakdown on this one really needed other than the fact that Vikings, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. The, and like, the one thing I do want to mention here for the viewers today, news did drop today that they had three players test positive for COVID, five personnel staff. The Titans. So, the Titans yeah. Did, yeah. So they are actually shutting down, you know, they're not allowed to be until Saturday. 
notification came through that game is still scheduled for Sunday for the Titans and the Vikings both, along with uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and I forget exactly who they play this week, but there's four teams that could be affected by this. All games are still on. Um, honestly, I mean, do you see any? Do you see anything league threatening coming from from this? I don't. Uh, just because, like, the one thing that that I think the league has going in their favor is the mortality rate of the disease, and we're not going to get. I hate that people associate your stance on the virus as political. It, has yeah. zero, it literally has zero things to do with what no. your political ideology are. The facts are the facts. The mortality rate is less than 1%. I think it's less than 1% of 1%. Unless, yeah, and, unless like, you get in the subcategory of 70 plus. Like then, it, then it starts to get up there. Yeah, but, I mean, like, but when you put it in the actual field of, hey, these players are in contact with each other every day. They're playing against other teams that they come into contact with new people, yeah. personnel. Honestly, the league's handled it great. I think the league has done a very good job. I think the league will continue to do a very good job because they want the league to continue for this year. Sure. I don't I don't see anything the league threatening from it, but it is a story to follow. We will see That's in the true. coming days how, well, the how one they thing, do The one thing that I want to apologize, because, like, obviously everyone wants an escape from COVID. Like, everyone's sick of hearing it. We no. did have to talk about it, but we obviously know that it's, like, you listen to us and other sports shows, like, as an escape. So... Uh, and that's really like, that's what sports are to a lot of people an escape. Like we were talking about our group chat this morning. If they take football away, like my mental health will plummet. Like I'm not exactly like in the best mental shape period. Anyway, if you take football or sports (laughs) away from me, like no joke, like it's not going to be good. No shades tell it all, baby. You don't want to see the sadness in the eyes. I'm dead inside. Like that's (laughs) The paths bring me life outside of that. It's rough. Um, but anyway, let's move on to another game we don't have to talk about at all. Um, the 49ers just absolutely smoked the Giants. Again, I look like a big idiot. I took the Giants money line and plus six and a half. Absolutely lost both. So that that sucks. But- and, and we know we know the Giants aren't a great team. But honestly, kudos to the Niners for having all the all the injuries and uh, you know they've been unlucky here in the in the first three weeks of of this season and they still came out and found a way to pull out a good win over a giant squad that yeah. could have contended in this game and a lot thought they would. Yeah, like unlucky doesn't begin to describe the Niners' injuries. Like no. it's insane the amount of injuries they have. Um, now this game. Doesn't require a whole lot of breakdown other than Doug Peterson. Yeah, what? Uh, yeah. I just you you punt with 16 seconds left in a tied game. The worst case scenario is you miss a field goal and they get the ball in their own territory at like what the 46. Yeah. So Burrow has, what, nine seconds after the field goal hits the ground to have one play to get out of bounds, and then you have Fat Randy maybe make a kick? Like, that literally shows your team. My terrible. My criticism to this right here is the Eagles, you know, you have the Eagles who are, you're expected to win this game, first off. Why a lot? So you're expected to win this game, and you get 16 seconds on the other side of the 50 going in in overtime. Dude, 
you take the chance. Like, you either win this game or you lose it trying to win this game. Yeah. A draw here is a lose for, for you. Like, and for the Bengals, like, they're lucky uh, that Doug Peterson decided to punt this ball back to them. Or, honestly, they could be unlucky because if he missed it, they did have one shot to get in field goal range. Like, it's a loss-loss for both teams in this standpoint, I believe. There should have been a winner in this game. Uh, sadly, you know, we had to see a tie on the, Sunday. So The one thing, well, it's kind of crazy. So, like, me and my buddies from, from up here were watching the, the fights um, on Saturday, which we'll break down at the end of the show. We do need to talk about that card because it was, it was a nice card. Um so I actually said something. I was like, the last time that the Eagles came to, to Cincinnati with McNabb, they tied. And it's like these teams, always something weird happens where it's late in the game and something crazy happens, right? Mm-hmm. But I, th- my biggest takeaway from this game, well, so I'll, I'll get into that. Yeah, I have another thought process too. My mind's just – my big brain's just moving all around. <laughs> <laughs> so one – Carson Wentz is a trash can. I am like, I've been on the Nick Foles is better than Wentz train forever. Literally since they drafted Wentz. And I've been told I'm an idiot. Uh, Ian, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a troll. I'm right. I am correct. And it feels good. Like, that feels great. I'm right. The other thing that I was going to say is like, maybe why Peterson did that is now they're 0 2 and 1. The Eagles are a half game out of first place in the NFC. East. Yeah, and that's that um, it's insane. That, the, that's crazy. The division is is very disappointing to this point. Like I figured, this division would have been a lot more competitive. Well, I shouldn't say competitive because they are competitive, but as far as league wide competitive, I thought would have been better. So I didn't think this division was going to be competitive at all. I thought that the Cowboys were going to run away with this division, and they very well still may. The, yeah. the Cowboys have had kind of a rough schedule here at the beginning of the season. <laughs> so let's call it what it is. Um, the one thing, too, is I thought that the Giants and the Redskins were going to be better than the Eagles. Like, I knew the Eagles were going to be trash, mainly because Carson Wentz is trash, and they can't stay healthy. Like, that's a tough combo. Now the like the shine and the shimmer is starting to wear off of Doug Peterson a little bit. Now that Super Bowl is like a few years in the past. Those fans in Philly, those dirty birds, baby. Dude, Philly Philly fans are crazy, dude. Like they're not gonna handle like a team with this much talent like performing like this. Like yep. Peterson might be on the hot seat sooner rather than later, which you hate to see it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, they tie. I I don't even know how many ties that is in the past 10 years. I think it's like six. Like, that's <laughs> – you don't even know what to say. Like, whatever, dude. What? <laughs> then <laughs> this game doesn't need much of a breakdown other than, Don, your, your Steelers pick beginning of the year is looking better each week. Like, the Texans have played a rough schedule. They've played probably mm. three top ten defenses in the first three weeks. And played them relatively close, but they drop another one to the Steelers, 21 uh, to 28. Don, your Steelers pick, man, touch on it because you saw something I didn't, apparently. Yeah, I mean, and it all comes down to you have a experienced quarterback that has 
been known for winning, and actually he's got a Super Bowl under his belt. Uh, he has been he was the passing yards leader two years ago. Um, I mean he's good coming off of the elbow surgery. I was kind of like ah we'll see. I still had faith in him. He's looked good to this point. They have all those offensive weapons, but the main reason I like this team was because of that defense. And yep. like I said, I think that defense is the top defense in football. I truly do believe that. And you know we have seen flashes of that in the in the last three weeks. So that's the reason I picked that. And they are actually sitting atop of that division right now at three and zero. Right since the Ravens yeah, dropped, the Ravens one. just lost. Yep. yep. Yep, we'll get into that one in a little bit. But yeah, the Steelers, as as we speak right now, are in first place in that division. Uh, that, that division race could shape up to be kind of crazy towards the end of the year. Um, the Ravens and Steelers always have crazy games. So obviously that games or those games are going to determine the winner, but uh, that's going to be fireworks for sure. Now this game, you're probably going to get a little longer winded than uh, maybe you would like just because it's your team. I mean, the Jets absolutely just boat raced the Jets I mean this is exactly the Colts team that I was expecting when I picked them to go to the AFC championship game they look dominant in all three phases Mm -hmm. three phases of the game they played team football and boat race the Jets which is what they're supposed to do now some people could say oh well they just played the Jets doesn't matter you still come out and execute, man. You they still win the game the way they you should had win it. to do. Exactly. This is what they should have done against the Jags. Yeah. Colts should be 3-0. and And it's like I was telling you all in the group chat the other day. You know, I, I approach – I have come to approach every week with the same intensity um, no matter who the opponent is because you have seen the Colts lay one to the Jags yeah. in week one this year. You've seen them lay one, uh, I think it was like week eight or nine last year to the Dolphins. Uh, or not week eight, sorry, that was the Steelers. So it was it was right in that area, though. You lay one to the Dolphins. I think it was Dolphins. like week 10, yeah. Um, so, I mean, guys, you know, this is the NFL. Any given week, anything can happen. So you got to bring the same focus you bring with any opponent. And the Colts done what they were supposed to do, and that's two weeks in a row that I have seen a dominant performance by this defense. Um, you know, the offense is the only offense in the NFL right now that has not had a three and out yet. So the offense has been efficient. Um, They need to get more efficient in the red zone. They need to convert more points when they're down there. But overall, this team is actually shaping up to look good. And I would rather see them shape up and make their run towards the middle and end of the season. And I would rather, if they're going to lay one, lay it in week one or two and, you know, go from there. So I'm not going to get deep into this like yeah. you said all three phases of the game dominated i think they will face their uh toughest matchup and we'll touch on that next episode against the chicago bears this season and we'll see where it goes from there yeah so the one thing i will say and i i feel like i've been pumping my own tires a little bit too much this show i don't i don't like to like brag like that but <clears throat> yeah, you do. You i did that. say <laughs> i did say last episode that i thought the that the emergence of mo alley cox like with the injury to doyle like could be a blessing in disguise to this colts team and by all accounts, it absolutely has been. Like, yep. Mo Ali Cox on this offense has turned this offense from, like, a subpar offense. Now, the last two weeks, they've just exploded. Now, whether it can continue at this rate, I'm not sure. But it's never a bad thing to have, like, this much production. So, yep. I, I think that, that that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. Uh, steal off the waiver wire for you. I tried to claim him. It couldn't. It already <laughs> passed. I, it sucked. Uh, but anyway... So yeah, the Colts boat race the Jets thirty-six to seven. 
no real surprise there. Big surprise here, actually, especially with how good the Chargers looked last week. They drop one at home to a struggling Panthers team, and that's all we have to say about this one. Like, yeah. maybe now we see the Chargers regress to what people thought they would be at the beginning of the year, which is not good. Uh, losing Ingram to the IR really sucks. Like, yeah. that 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 hurt, that hurt them a lot, and you saw that play out. Um, but you can't lose to the Panthers. I mean, I am hurt because I had it on my card, and I actually lost a decent. I lost a lot of money this weekend. I'm not gonna say how much, but I, man, I it wasn't Don. It wasn't good. Um, so yeah, the Panthers beat the Chargers on the road. Uh, I still, win, I, I still am impressed with Justin Herbert though. Like that is the one thing I can say about this Chargers team. You know, you bring your rookie quarterback in sooner than you would have liked to, of course. And I think he's done well, dude. I honestly think the the future is looking bright for this Chargers offense um, and that defense. You know, with Joey Bosa on the front line. Uh, Hope when they get Derwin James back and Melvin Ingram back off hour. I honestly am liking the future of this Chargers team. And I think they're going to compete in more games than people expected. This well, year. the one thing the one thing I will say, but I, I won't get too long winded into it, is if you look at that hook and ladder there at the the last play of the game. Oh, yeah. yep. If Eckler holds on to that ball, they score and they win the game. Yep. I mean, he might walk into the end zone. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so hurt because I, dude, I put thirty bucks on them to win straight and I just got. <laughs> like that that's the biggest no-brainer game of all time well the second biggest the other no-brainer that i laid a fortune on didn't hit either like yep. just a rough week for me whatever um moving on we got the bucks tom brady just conquering some ghosts in denver you know i picked the broncos to win this game uh because of that tom brady has traditionally struggled at sports authority field at mile high um Kudos to Tommy. I mean, obviously, I'm excited to see him have some success. Yeah. Um, I'm happy with Cam, obviously, but I still love Tommy. I mean, Tommy's my guy. He always will be. But Bucks win that one, 28 <laughs> to 10. You have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, or, I, mean, I mean, that one, it, it went the way I thought it would. You know, you, you come into Maha, I know it's a hard place to play. No fans, though, definitely helps the uh, away team here, huh. and, which this is yeah. the Bucks. Uh Denver's just hurt, man. They're hurt right now, and they're struggling offensively. So, yeah, it went, it went exactly how I thought it would. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about this one is you saw the, the Broncos put out all the South Park characters in their stands. I thought that was great. Uh, that was amazing. I think that's why Gronk played so well, honestly. He was trying to impress them. Uh, so, so, I'm not going to get long-winded into this one at all. I'll just I'll go on an hour-long rant. Uh, the Lions win one uh, at the Red Sea. They beat the Cardinals 26-23. to That's all I'm saying about it. Don, if you have any analysis you would like to drop, you go no, ahead. I, I just, the, you know, I think Detroit came out and they played focused football, you know. I think, the, I think having Kenny G on the field for the first time this year actually helped them just as an offensive threat. We seen him catch that touchdown there late. Um, so yeah, I think I think the Lions came in and they knew they had a chance to win this game. We all thought in this pod that it was a lock for the for the Cardinals to actually cover minus five and a half. And we seen, like I said, any given week it's the NFL. Yeah. And we seen we seen it happen. So it seemed like the biggest no brainer play of all time. You, you know, the Lions have been trashed thus far. Um, they got the doors blown off them week two. Uh, they lost a comeback against Mitch Trubisky week one. Like, 
And then you look on the other side, the Cardinals offense has been ridiculous so far. And granted, it still was like they still put up points, 23 points in the NFL, still a lot of points. Um, I just I, I wouldn't have dreamed in a million years that the Lions put up 26 on the Cardinals defense, who to this point have looked very good. Uh, but anyway, again, I'm not going to get into it because it just pissed me off more. 26-23 Lions uh, in Arizona. Uh, this one, uh, very good game from start to finish. You got the Cowboys going to uh, CenturyLink Field in Seattle. Uh Came down to the wire. Honestly, Cowboys gave themselves a chance to win. So you can really ask for playing the Seahawks. Potential playoff matchup moving forward. The Cowboys have kind of had a gauntlet, right? I mean, they start off against the Rams week one. Rams are a lot better than people think. Week two, you play the Falcons, who a lot of people, me, myself included, had them as a playoff team. Uh, and then now week three, you play consensus best team in the NFC, maybe the NFL, uh, and you play them to a score. So all things considered... It's a loss, and it sucks to be the Cowboys because you lost. Yeah, is this? I think it's a quality loss. Yeah, I I, I think so too. And I got to give kudos to DK Metcalf here. You know, a a second-year player. You know, still not a lot of experience under his belt. We seen the first touchdown that he literally had that he threw away basically by walking into the end zone. Defender made a great play, punched the ball back out. Uh, then you know he comes down in the fourth. Russ still trusts him to go back to him one more time. He makes the play. So kudos to him. Uh, I think the Cowboys did drop one to you know a very very quality team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks are what we thought they were going to be. Uh, Cowboys to this point they're struggling more than we had imagined. But I do think there's still uh, I still think there's uh, a, a chance that they come on strong in the mid to back into this season i i mean i still think they've played three playoff teams like the falcons are zero and three yes but there are a couple tweaks like firing quinn away from turning things around like the cowboys have played a rough schedule like don't get me wrong um i still think they're in a very good position to not only win the east because that's a dumpster fire of a division i think they're going to compete for that two seed uh like i thought they would like the one thing is if they don't win the division which would take an absolute miracle for someone to overthrow them in the east um the wild card positioning is going to be tough because you look at the bears and the packers right now those two are playoff teams and you got all four teams in the nfc west that look scary like that's by far the best division in football. Not one losing team. And you think you got the Seahawks at three and zero, and everyone else in the division is two and one. Like yeah. that's wild. That division is scary. Yeah. Uh, so a wild card spot really isn't on the table for the Cowboys. So it, you got to figure it out. Um, not to mention you have the Saints and uh, the Saints and the Bucks who. Yeah probably are both going to be in the playoffs um in saying that let's get into that Packers and Saints game the Packers go into the Superdome uh and beat the Saints the one thing that I want to touch on in this game is like you're seeing the absence of fans really affect the Saints team never in my life would I have thought that any quarterback could go into the Superdome and hard count the Saints that's insane yeah like that's crazy and I honestly, I had the Saints as my number two seed, 
you know, in the playoffs, in the preseason picture, and I still think the Saints, you know, with a struggle in Drew Brees, Drew Brees has struggled, make no mistake about it, and they still look like a good team in my mind. Uh, you know, the Packers have proven that they are they are for real this year, yeah. and even with the absence of Devontae Adams this week, I know they uh, the Saints didn't have Michael Thomas, which is why I took the Packers in this game, to be honest with you. Um I, I don't know. I think Aaron Rodgers came out with a vengeance this year, and I think he's going to continue it, to be honest with you. And uh, just a very well, uh, very well coached game, I believe, in this one. And like I said, I think uh, I still think the Saints are are going to pull it out and uh, win that division, in my mind. Uh, but make no mistake, you know the Packers are a very good squad, and they went into the dome and got a quality win over the Saints. Yeah, I think the like the NFC South is kind of misleading, right? So if you look, the Bucks, uh, they lose their first game to the Saints, who, by everyone's account, they're probably the best team in that division, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go on to beat the Panthers, who are the worst team in that division by a lot. And then they beat the Broncos, who have maybe the worst injury luck outside of anyone but the 49ers. So maybe the Bucks are playing a little bit better just because their schedule has been relatively easy after that first week and then like the saints you look at them like they beat the bucks week one pretty handedly uh and then you play potentially two playoff teams the next two weeks and you lose so like this division is not great uh as a whole either like we just talked about uh the falcons like they're 0 three and they're still really not out of this division race just yet because with everything I just said like their their schedule so far has been the toughest of anyone in this division um so I think that speaks to why their record is what it is but I don't know I'm not sold on the Saints team like I think that that like they gave the Packers their best shot and the Packers really didn't play that good of a game if you think about it like they had some mistakes that really are they gonna make those mistakes moving forward I think the as a defense gained some uh some chemistry. A lot of those busts and coverage and the tackling. Oh, my gosh. They couldn't tackle Kamara to save their life. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I think that's going to be cleaned up at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Saints are not very good. I picked the Saints to miss the playoffs at the beginning of the season, and I I would, wouldn't shock me at all if they do. The Packers, on the other hand, I like the Bears. I picked them to go to the NFC Championship. I picked the Packers to win this division, though, and I'm I'm pretty confident in that pick. Like I, So far, that looks great. Yep. Um. So, but we got kind of long-winded there. I don't know why I started talking about the NFC South. Dude, my brain just was like <laughs> spinning. We just get sidetracked like crazy. Um, but the game of the week, or should have been the game of the week, uh, the Chiefs go to Baltimore and really the game was never really in question. The, the Ravens made a second-half push, but the Chiefs dominated this game. Now, they have a test coming up next week. But next week is next week. We'll talk yep. about that later. They looked dominant against yep. this Ravens team. And the one thing I want to say here is I've said it, you know, before the season even started. This Chiefs defense is sneaky good. And I, you know, I've tried, I've told you that. I've told Zach, uh, uh, whoever's been on this podcast with us, I said, do not underestimate this Chiefs defense. Now, I think a part of that is because it's overshadowed by this powerful Chiefs offense in a way that has the star power of, you know, more star power than any probably team in the NFL on the offense. Um, But 
you know, the Chiefs looked dominant in this game, yeah. and it, it, it went about how I didn't I didn't think it was going to be a two score game. I did not think it was going to be a fourteen point game. Yeah, but I, I told you, anytime you give me points and the Chiefs, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Um, Lamar Jackson just struggled in this game. That defense put pressure on him all night. That offensive line, what happened to that Ravens offensive line this game, dude? Like, it, it looked like they were, their head was spinning. They they didn't yeah. know which way pressure was coming. They couldn't keep the edges, you know, out of the backfield. It was honestly a impressive win to me by the Chiefs here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's a good breakdown that you really – you hit everything. I don't need to add too much more onto that. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, that game could come very well come down to deciding the one seed in the playoffs, which this year the one seed is more important than ever because yep. for the first time only one team gets a bye. Um, and like so I, uh, I mean, that's you know they were talking about it on the on the cast last night. The winner of that game may have actually won two games, if you think about it in all theory. Uh, whoever gets that one seed, if it comes down to the Ravens and Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs may steal a bye week from them because yeah. of that game. So, I mean, in this is going to make me sound like a homer. There are two other teams that are going to play a big part in that one seed discussion. and They're both in the AFC East, and they're both legit. Uh, so I, I think that the winner of the AFC East is going to have a hat to toss into the ring for that one seed as well, like right there at the top. And even the Colts, like uh, I picked the Colts at the beginning of the season to be my three seed. Uh, as they're playing right now, the I would say probably the third or fourth most complete team in the league. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them throw their hat in the ring. Yeah. The one thing that I will say about the Chiefs, that if you're a Chiefs fan, you're kind of scared about. Their offense has looked amazing. Their defense has played way better than most people thought. Your special teams is going to cost you games against better teams. Yep. Like, it's a fact. The Ravens special team unit last night picked apart the Chiefs. Budker missing kicks. You give up a huge kick return. Sloppy kick return on your end. Like, it can't happen moving forward. Because there's one team in particular that doesn't make special team mistakes and will win games based on how their special teams plays. Well, really two. And it's our teams. The yeah. Pat special teams unit, crazy. Played a huge role in their win against the Raiders. The Colts special team unit this year may be the second best in the league outside of the Pats. You can't have bad special teams and win in the NFL in the playoffs. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So if that continues, it's something that the Chiefs are going to be scared about. So, But we'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get into our recurring segments. So first, we'll start it off with you're stupid. So Don, where were you stupid this week? <sighs> it, it comes down to my lock of the week, honestly. And I, at first, I didn't feel like I was stupid for locking this in. But once again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. When you look back at it, I was absolutely stupid for locking in the Cardinals against the Lions, knowing that Kenny G was coming back and was going to add a different component to this offense, and which he did. So, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I'll raise my hand on that one. I'm an idiot for locking that in and thinking it was just a give-me game. And, you know, once again, I'm wrong like I am on a lot of other things. So Yeah. Well, Don, I have to say it. You're stupid. Yeah. But you're going to have your chance to say it to me because 
not only was I stupid in that, which I'm not, I'm not going to put how much I, I lost on that game. I, I had four separate bets on that game and lost <laughs> every single one of them. I'm stupid for that. I'm very stupid for picking the Giants spread oh, yeah. and money line. Yeah. That's a hard one. That's a hard one, dude. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. I think I was blinded by my judge love, but I should have known losing Saquon was going to be just the bullet in this Giants team's head. Now, granted, I've said I'm on record of saying that by the end of the year, this Giants offensive line is going to be the best position group on that team. I firmly believe that. I love the skill, uh, the skill set that this offensive line poses. They don't have that chemistry yet, and you saw it. They got absolutely abused. I mean, someone needs to call like social services. Yeah, social <laughs> services on the 49ers defense because this was just domestic violence up and down the field on this yeah. Giants offensive line. Um, so hand up on that so, one. I mean, do you want me to do the honors here? I yeah, guess? you you can. I did. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Ian, yeah, man, you are just stupid, dude. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I I I need to take a break from gambling. I just oh my god. This is it's a rough one, dude. I was on a heater and I'm just I'm as cold as ice. Yeah. Like I am as cold as ice right now. We'll see if I can turn around with the baseball playoffs starting. Um but anyway, let's get into our other recurring segment, the good, the bad and the unlucky. So Don, I'll let you start it off again. What was your good for week three? Man, I mean, I could go a lot of ways with this one, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I really kind of want to bring it back to this Chicago-Atlanta game. Uh, the good, of course, is them finally making the call to bring Nick Foles in. And the good is really how Nick Foles elevated this offense. You know, mm-hmm. they got playmakers on this offense, and – just bringing Allen Robson, I mean, just bringing Nick Foles in, elevated Allen Robson's game. Uh, we saw David Montgomery having a decent game for him. Uh, the defense steps up and makes the plays when they're needed. So, you know, you know, applause for the Bears. For sure. And, and they looked good to close this game out against the Atlanta Falcons. So that's going to be my good for the week. Dude, the whole offense just got, like, a surge yeah. when Nick Foles came in. I mean, you look at Jimmy Graham turning back the clock, putting up two tutties. I think he had, what, six catches, uh, two touchdowns, and I think like 50 yards. Like yeah. vintage Jimmy or, uh, Jimmy Graham uh, performance. And you look at Allen Robinson, some people have him in their top 10 as far as wide receiver talents in the league. And now with a quarterback who can actually sling it to him, it's showing. Like, he looked dominant. Uh, So I like your pick there. My good for this week uh, is going to be the Chiefs. I mean, they – it seems like a cookie-cutter answer, but uh, I picked the Ravens to win this game. uh, And if you would have told me at the beginning of the game that the Ravens were going to have a kick return for a touchdown, I would have said, dude, the Ravens won by two scores. Yeah. Well – they lost by two scores. I think that speaks volumes to Andy Reid. Um, really, my good is not just is not the Chiefs. It's Andy Reid. Like he opened up the playbook last night as as an offensive guy. Like seeing what he's been doing and like drawing up with that Chiefs offense, it, it's really been fun to watch. I really hate 
Patrick Mahomes because every single person in the media slobbers over him. Um, but I enjoy watching him because it, it is fun to watch him and Andy Reid and what they can do. Uh, that whole offensive staff, really, if we're being honest, it, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so I, I digress on that one. Yeah, Andy Reid is my good for this week. Don, what is your bad? Um, I I kind of have two here, but I'm I'm just gonna like glance over one as my honor my honorable mention here, okay. and I want to make the honorable mention the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, a team that came in a little bit higher in expectations, playing a, a Miami Dolphins team that honestly everyone expected to pull a win out against uh, this week, and they just looked bad across the board uh, in that game. I won't go too far in depth there, but my really bad this week is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Cincinnati Bengals. And we touched on it in our game analysis there uh, earlier in the pod here about, dude, this team just looks bad. And it's honestly frustrating when you play a Cincinnati Bengals team that's underachieving. Well, I don't, don't want to say underachieving, but they're just, they are what people thought they were going to be this year. They're just not good. And, like, and just, they, what it is. And they, they're playing a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, granted, he was the number one overall pick. But, you know, you got a seasoned quarterback in Carson Wentz, uh, a a coach that everyone, you know, has high praises for. You get down, you let this game go to OT, and then you punt the ball with 16 seconds left like we talked about. That is bad. That's just bad coaching, in my opinion. And overall, that cost you a win uh, or a potential at a win. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles as my bad this week for letting a tie happen. Yeah, I, I'm, that's a good pick. I was going to make Carson Wentz uh, my bad, but I'll make him my honorable mention. Um, I, again, I'm on record. I don't like Carson Wentz. I think he's been overhyped since he was drafted. He had like a few spurts uh, in what his second year where he was in the MVP race. Yeah. Talented, no doubt. But he's not a franchise quarterback. Uh, he looked awful against a like a not good Bengals defense. Like he looked awful. Like I'd rather have some peewee quarterbacks. I'd rather have Russ as my quarterback <laughs> than Carson Wentz. My bad this week. It's we going get, we, to we, be we, we hit, Before you say that, we do have to mention when we say Russ, we're not talking about Russell Wilson. We're talking uh, about high school quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking about Russ, like danger Russ, like consensus MVP to this point, Russ. I'm talking about Shelby Valley. What, he's a freshman this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Literally a freshman starting varsity. I would rather have him than Carson Wentz. Shout out to all my Valley Wildcats listening. Um my bad this week, and it's going to be until he is fired, is Dan Quinn. I am sick of this man having a job in the NFL. It is a disgrace. He's he's a defensive coordinator, and that is it. His game management is awful. The worst in the league I've ever seen. I've I've never seen anything like this. And like obviously I'm not a Falcons fan. I, but I'm just so heated because it's terrible. It makes the whole league look bad when you're putting a product like this on the field. It can't continue to happen. And the fact that Arthur Blank has allowed it to continue to happen, he should be strung up and shot as well. Like, I don't understand what he's doing. Like, I literally don't understand it. Get Quinn out of a head coaching job. 
like now. I would rather have Patricia as a head coach over Quinn. I would rather have Adam Gase as a head coach over Lynn. Oh, or I mean over God. Quinn. I'd rather have Anthony Lynn as a head coach. But I'd yeah, rather have I'd Zach rather have, Taylor have as Anthony a head coach Lynn, over sure. Quinn. Quinn as a defensive coordinator, fine. You've seen what he's done as a defensive coordinator. That speaks for himself. I've also seen what he's done as a head coach. You take Kyle Shanahan off that offense, and now they're not putting up 40 points a game. What's happened? Yeah. Nothing. They've wasted a Super Bowl roster for the past two years, and now they've blown back-to-back 20-point leads. Arthur Blank, fire Quinn. It's not that hard. You have a Super Bowl-caliber roster. You're making me look like an idiot. I picked you to win the division. Do something about it. Spark your team. <laughs> Big doofus. <laughs> uh, now let's get into our unlucky. GTD, who was unlucky in this week? I'm going to bring it back to this Rams uh, Bills game. And I I say unlucky here because of the second half resurgence that the Rams had. And they went up, I'm talking late in this fourth quarter. Looked like they possibly had it in the bag to win this game. And the unlucky uh label they get comes off of this defensive pass interference that sets the bills up for a field go to win the ball game and honestly is this not the second week in a row that the rams have had a defensive pass interference absolutely just screw them is it is it the rams that had one last week that actually impacted that game too so uh yeah unlucky this week is the rams and what they thought was going to be a win from a second half comeback resulted in a bad penalty well i don't want to say a bad penalty but a penalty that resulted in the buffalo bills uh to kick a field goal to win the game yeah i i like that i mean i agree i agree for sure that was the rams were going to be my unlucky pick as well but this one was going to be my honorable mention now boop bumped up in the starting role because of injury um and it is because of an injury uh i will take my unlucky as the Washington football team, uh, you lose the easily the defensive player, yep. uh, the defensive rookie of the year uh, in Chase Young to injury. Otherwise, this game's a lot closer. Like no one has had an answer for Chase Young thus far, uh, and the only answer so far has been an injury. Otherwise, you see Washington football team, formerly the R words, maybe go into Cleveland and steal a win from this bad Browns team. Um, I think that really sucks because you're not really going to see how good this team could have been uh, if Young is injured for an extended period of time. Now, the defensive line is still solid. I mean, I still love pain in the middle. Um, but, man, uh, him and Young together, both demanding a double team, really. I mean, at worst, you have to chip Young with a tight end or back uh, if you leave him one-on-one with a tackle. There are a few tackles in the league that maybe could hang with them, but it's not going to be all game. Like, Young is dominant. So I think that the the R-words uh, are my unlucky pick for the week. Uh, so that'll wrap up the good, the bad, and the unlucky. Uh, that actually wraps up our week three talk. Uh, we we skipped it at the beginning of the show. Uh, let's talk about this card uh, from Saturday night, Fight Night. I really – I enjoyed this card a lot. Uh, yep. let, uh, on the under uh, – 
the undercard was okay. The main card was beautiful. I mean, you had three just really, really nice fights there at the end. Uh, we won't get into those. Not too many people like it, but we have to touch on this Adesanya and Costa fight. Um, just a dominant performance by Stylebender. I mean, this man is, is getting – now he's in that, like, rarefied air of one of the best fighters of all time. I mean, he's 20-0. and 0. Uh, I think this is his 15th fight that has been finished – uh, before a decision, like he's finishing fights. Yeah. The one thing I will say, uh, and I said in our group chat, I thought that Adesanya was going to finish the fight in that round regardless. Yeah. But I hated the stoppage. Let him finish it. Costa was already to his knees, and as a fighter, if you're at your knees, you're essentially up. It's tough to keep a guy down if he's on his knees because it's all your power you're driving yourself up, right? I thought it was a very quick stoppage. But like yeah. I said, I thought it was going to finish that round, but I would have liked to see them give Adesanya a chance to finish it and give Costa a fighter's chance uh, to work himself back into yeah. it. Now, pre-fight here, honestly, we, we talk about Adesanya finishing it in the second round, TKO. Uh, going into the fight, you know, I thought this was going to be uh, Adesanya win by uh, decision. And I thought if Costa was going to win this, he was going to, you know, make it early because you see Costa is known for his power. Uh, and he's also known for, I think it was, I forget the exact numbers on it, but I think he's finished every fight but two with a knockout uh, and not let it go to decision. So I honestly thought that was going to be how this one actually played out. Um, Costa, like I said, the power role here. Uh, Adesanya, the overall better fighter in all, in yeah. most aspects uh, of the fighting realm, I thought was going to control this fight till the end. Win on decision. We've seen a surprising TKO in the second, which is you know, kudos to Adesanya here. It was a great fight to watch. Good, uh, good fight for the viewership. I would have loved to have seen this fight go to at least five, just for my pleasure only. But yeah. of course, it did not. The one thing that I will say is, like, if you look at Costa's previous fights, right, the one thing that he's always done is he is attacked. Yep. And he, this fight he played kind of tentatively. I think that that speaks volumes to, one, Adesanya's striking ability, but then also his, his quickness. Because yep. Costa knew that if he attacked too much, all it takes is one slip-up where he can get his hands back up, and Adesanya's finishing him. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So, like, maybe he was, like, right to maybe play it a little bit cautious. But on the flip side, it may have cost him because, like, you have to play you to your strengths, yep. right? And he didn't do that. He was passive, uh, and, and Adesanya picked him apart. I think Costa landed less than 10 shots all all fight. Yep. And you saw, you saw right away Adesanya took a like picked apart Costa's legs. His legs were jello. Like that fight was over as soon as he started picking apart those legs. Um, so no, Stylebender looked dominant. Uh, one of the more dominating fights I've ever seen. Uh, it's going to be interesting going forward what happens in the middleweight. Uh, I, I think there's a couple pretty nice fights coming up. Uh, some challengers have to get wins before they can challenge Adesanya. So he'll probably be off until the middle of 2021. Uh, that kind of sucks. He's, he's fun to watch, but, uh, let, let's talk about the fight just before that. And really not even just the fight. It's what happened after the fight. So Dominic Reyes drops one to Blasovitz. I can't even pronounce this guy's last name. He's from, uh, Poland. He looked very good. I think this more like 
Reyes looked bad. Like Reyes should have won the game or the game should have won the fight. Um, I think he was minus 350 going into the fight. Like the odds were stacked in his favor like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jan absolutely came out and and worked him. Uh, TKO in in a, in the second round. Uh, yeah, 30 seconds into the second round, absolutely worked him. Uh, at the end of the fight, while he was um, getting crowned as the interim uh, lightweight or light heavyweight champ, um, Jan called out John Jones. When I heard that, I was like, dude, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you're riding high. And and I kind of like it, honestly, because, like, it shows confidence in yourself. But you're not calling out, like, some random. You're calling out pound for pound, pound for pound, maybe the best fighter of all time, period, in the company, best fighter of all time. I... I was shocked. I mean, all you can say there is if he was riding a high, he done it. I want to see it. That's just literally all it comes down to there. I want to see if he can actually hold his own against him. If he really, if he, if he has enough, if he has enough kahunas to call him out after the fight, I, I want to see what takes place after that. Oh, for sure. I, I definitely think that it would be, it would be a decent fight. Um, stylistically. <sighs> Jones is just so versatile. Like Jones can fight in a lot of different ways and just dominate people. Like his strength is unmatched in the light heavyweight division. um, And his speed is unmatched in the light heavyweight division. Like that's a tough, tough combo. Like Adesanya in his weight class, what um, middleweight is like by far the fastest, but he by no means is the strongest and light heavyweight. John Jones is the fastest and is the strongest. Like, that's a tough mix for anyone uh, trying to challenge him. So the one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll say about John Jones before we wrap it up is there's rumors that he's moved up to heavyweight to challenge uh, Brock Lesnar. What a fight. Yeah. If that happens, you're talking about fight of the millennium. I mean, you're talking like Tyson Holyfield level hype for this fight. Like yeah. this is going to be – insane there's no set date on it yet uh it's all still speculation at this point uh it's gonna depend a lot on if jones can make weight at heavyweight because that's i think he's got like 10 or 12 pounds to put on to to get to that next threshold Mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting the other thing that'll be interesting with that too is like does the increase in weight kind of hinder his ability because like like i said he is very very fast does that slow him down I mean, I mean, only a showing will tell, to be yeah. honest with you. I think that'll be interesting. But uh, also, that'll wrap us up uh, this time. So next time we record, we will talk uh, and recap the NBA Finals Game 1. We will give you an update on the MLB playoff race. Uh, we also will give you a full slate breakdown of NFL Week 4. Uh, we have some buys this week. Uh, so obviously, that's going to play a part. Uh, in everything, bye weeks suck. Let's just be honest. I hate bye weeks. Um, but anyways, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, as always, like and subscribe. Uh, do us a favor, find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, just spread the good word for us. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and the continued support. Uh, we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Me and my team got an event. What's the point of living if you ain't living a drink? We live in a world where everybody.
nobody want everything. Everybody want a better thing. Trying to feel you like it's picture perfect, but it's just the editing. Man, the game been waiting for a better king. I've been posted with my queen like a better king. Screaming money and a thing, cause it ain't. Man, I never knew that living out a dream meant living out a suitcase. I've been working at a new pace. So much money on the road, I ain't even had a minute, not a single second chilling in my new place. Motherfuckers getting two faced. Cause a brother finally eating, not to mention everybody getting two plates. You know I only got two traits. Drop hits, get money, run it. What the fuck is there left to talk about? I told him my vision, let him know what it's all about. Industry only respect me because I'm balling out. You never know who there for you until you're falling out. And that's the reason I've been in the kitchen working on that nutrition. I let them listen, boy, it's been my house. This is merely an addition. Fuck them and they permission. They was killing the game. Who the one that gave a remission? You know the name. Who else you know when to come up, do it like I does it? Lyrics all up in your skull like when the bubble buzz it. Say my last shit a classic. And I wonder, was it? Come to think about it, everybody seemed to love it. I was working on a budget. Second time around, shit is different because they know that boy good. No We just it, I've been at it for the people that been loving my shit Not the people that been hating, they can suck my dick Run it I'm gonna do something different for the last one Feeling like Matthew McConaughey on the interstellar mission in Chicago at the bottom of the Riviera. I wonder who I would be if I wasn't in my era. I got a book the people, but I take care of the people when I jump in a cop in a rocket. Been done, had this in my pocket. I had a way to unlock it, open that locket and see the picture I painted. No, we ain't never acquainted on a rise like a defendant. Now we try for possession like an exorcism. My division is solely my vision. Goddamn, can you feel it? Uh, I had a dream, I would run again and kill it. Had a dream, can you feel it? Uh, motherfucker wanna push it to the limit. Get up in it, make the shit infinite. Yeah, you know I wanna win. It on my independent, I've been at it like an addict, never had to pull.